Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott, and welcome back to yet another exciting episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. LP is a global superstar with streaming figures in the billions. Their largest U.S. headlining tour is coming up. It's booked through 2022 this year, and their six studio record churches dropped October 8th. I'm excited to bring this conversation. It was done about a month ago. LP is a force to be reckoned with. They are incredible. I think you're really going to enjoy this. I am on Cameo, so check me out if you get a moment. And uh, coming up in just a moment, LP. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out, at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey guys, it's Scott and welcome back to Spin Magazine's Lip Service. My next guest is a global superstar with streaming figures in the billions. Welcoming to the show, LP. <laughs> Thanks, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We had a great conversation before. We didn't want to yeah. like ruin everything. So we decided <laughs> we were talking about yeah. my last name, which is Ew. probably for all of you who don't know, maybe a hundred years yeah. ago, my last name was really like Lip Shits, but that's not a name that anyone wants. <laughs> I, I like so. how you're saying it probably was. Well, because I think it was, but I haven't really confirmed that for my I mean, family. It's really funny. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it could be. And the fact that your name, your initials are LP, but that that's there's right. also someone else with those same initials, right? We were talking oh, about no, that? just an ELP. ELP, uh, well, right. El, El Producto. Right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. When did you decide, actually, on, on the name LP, right? When, I when was did... working at a restaurant in New York, and um, there was another Laura. And uh, and then I, I remember, like, I don't know, when I was at camp when I was a kid or something, one, like, one of the kids called me LP all the time, and I loved it at the time, but I never thought about it, you know? And then I was like, oh, like, maybe call me LP. And then my band started calling me LP, and then... Um, when I started on like solo stuff, I just, you know, and it was impossible to Google forever, you know, like every fucking thing besides me came up and now I, I come up, but 
Um, That's but yeah. true because in doing some reads for the show, I, I, when I research artists, I'm like interview with LP, and I'm like, this is not everything is coming up that's not you. And I'm like, okay, here yeah. we go. But I found it, so yeah. it's all good. But welcome to the show. Um, I want to talk a lot about actually your new record is great. Churches oh, thanks, is your Thank your sixth record, right? Yes, yeah. And uh, how you grew up? I think you grew up on Long Island, which I did too. So we have oh, a lot nice. in common. Yeah, I um, Brooklyn originally, and then moved to Long Island, and then um, and then upstate a little bit, and then uh, Manhattan. What part of Long Island? Because I'm from uh, the, the mean streets of the five towns, if you know oh, that Oh, yeah. Area. Uh, Huntington. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You want to leave the Long Island behind and just focus uh, on Manhattan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> let's not talk about Long Island, shall we? Yeah. And you've been in L.A., what, now 10 years, LP? Um, yeah, I have. Yeah. I love it here. I, I didn't know you could live here. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> to be honest, when you're a New Yorker, I find there's only so many places to walk around here. Yeah. You have like five streets to walk on and it doesn't have the same <laughs> energy of New York. I, I need to be in New York like once yeah. a month just to feel really? that energy. I had that energy up to my fucking ears. So <laughs> right. I'm good. You know You're over I mean? that like, energy. Yeah, that, that energy also, um, I don't, I think that like everything really started to click for me, um, out here, you know? Um, because I don't know, I just like the space or something makes me more creative. I felt a little like, I feel like New York, I didn't even look up half the time, mm. you know? But I mean, I wouldn't trade like living there or like coming from there, you know? Because it's like, uh, it, it instilled a lot of things in me that I don't think I'd have if I lived, grew up here. Well, let's know? talk about that. So, but you grew up in New York, and yeah. so we, was your family into music? Was Your mom was a singer, I believe, My right? mom sang opera and studied opera, but you know, it wasn't like, uh, she didn't do it professionally. She Like the last thing she did was like sing at Carnegie Hall. Mm. Uh, with her group or whatever. Well, and, that's uh, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, and then you know, and then she just stopped and whatever. But um, but yeah, um, she was. I guess that's where the musicality came from. And were you always into music growing up? Was it a um, thing for yeah, you? Yeah, but sports more to be honest with okay. you. I didn't like. I sang. Like when I sang, people were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> are you singing right now?" <laughs> Even my mother was just like, "What the hell is that?" Like turned down the radio and was like, looked back. I was like, "Is that you?" And I was like. Yeah, and that made gave me some confidence, and then I started singing like out in school, and um, yeah, and then uh, you know went into like school plays and shit like that, and and then uh, but it was never a thought. My father was like drilling it into our heads to be doctors and lawyers, whatever the fuck, you know. It's and, interesting, uh, and I remember you. I was listening to something you were talking about. I mean, your parents, my parents too. You know, they never really validated, especially my own stuff, like music as a career. And it's yeah. it's not until you do that thing, like I listened to an interview, you said, but it wasn't until you were on like Letterman that your yeah. family was like, okay, you're a musician now. It's like, I've yeah. always been a musician Yeah, like, for like, 10 like, years. Oh, oh, okay, okay, oh, right, you know? It's just like, I don't even think that, like, you know, whatever, like, um, my cousin actually hit me the other day and she's like doing a documentary, not a documentary, but like uh, she's putting together her parents, like, her, like um, my aunt and uncle are like been together for like a really long time, like 60 years or something like that. And they're, you know, they're kind of remarkable in that way, you know, like yeah. their, their whole exist. family vibe. Yeah. But um, so, um, so she's like, I, you know, I want to know what, like, you know, what, uh, like just like some of the accomplishments, do you have any gold records or, you know, and I, <laughs> I like <laughs> but yeah i was like um yeah um i'll send you a list <laughs> you're like i've written for artists like rihanna <laughs> yeah. have you heard of her yeah it's like um <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm gonna i'm actually gonna get my manager to make that list and i'll send it and i'll feel good about myself <laughs> but <laughs> but it's pretty funny to go like because i don't think like even like my my family's so italian you know what i mean and i don't i've never i don't even think i've told them like, cause I don't know when I tell them I have like, I don't know, I think I have like seven top tens in Italy in the last like four years or something Amazing. like that. And, and like our name is really known there, you yeah. know, but I don't think they know that. That's funny. And I don't really, 
want to tell them. Well, so but they, were they supportive of you growing up with music? Uh, my parents. Are all, sorry, I'm talking about my aunt and uncles. My both my parents are passed away. Yeah. So um and you know they didn't live to see it. So uh, um, sorry. it's okay. But um but yeah, this is my cousins and my aunt and uncle, and I they they really don't know. <laughs> like I I don't even know. My brother like half knows, but I don't know. <laughs> they don't know what you do. They think yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. something with music. We don't know. Yeah. But so growing up, you know, your role models were people like who were they? David Bowie, Tracy Chapman. Oh, hell yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I. I really like um, kicked into like mainstream, I guess, with like um, I liked all classic shit, but then like Nirvana and um, and Jeff Buckley and, mm. and Green Day and like like shit like that was really like kind of the uh, the like real life stuff, like you know that was inspiring me to like really go for it, you know. But um, because I feel like the the legend people were like just like. I, I can't even wrap my head around that whole scenario, you know, like, yeah. like even watching that Beatles documentary has been like, wow. By the way, the great, for me, the greatest movie this past year, I was yeah. mesmerized by that documentary. Yeah. I've had so many conversations with people about that movie just because the process of like <laughs> writing songs with the Beatles, you never thought you'd get to see that. Yeah. And I, I, I was it's like. It's a little sometimes though, I will say like watching paint dry because I like fucking, that's like, um. You know, it's just like you session. do that. It's you like do normal that. Right. session. Right, I'm right. like, it's with the Beatles. Yeah. Obviously, it's insane. But like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I always thought I was maybe um, you know incorrectly. I always thought it was more Lennon's band. But yeah. in watching that movie, it seemed to me it was more McCartney's band. Yeah, you know it's weird. Like I feel like uh, I feel like did John pay someone to make him look like like the nice nicer guy? Like or <laughs> yeah. that? he just like, he was just like he just seemed like he was like okay. Sure. I think yeah, that was more their their experimental heroin phase that he yeah. was in. So yeah. I feel like maybe he took more of a back seat during yeah. the, that when that record was getting done. Because I always, like you said, I always also envisioned that it, you know, yeah, I, I hadn't heard that he was the nicest guy. So yeah, during, yeah. when you watch that movie, yeah, yeah he, he seems definitely like can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and George is just like, you know, like like he's just rambling on and on like you could tell he's like the youngest you know yeah i feel like it was like like somebody must have been like can you shut the fuck up <laughs> you know just stop you know like he's just like talking the whole time and um also though i was like kind of confused because i'm like i feel like they're all writing together like but then there's like these songs are like just lennon mccartney like, you know yeah. i guess they're their idea that they're working out but it's also like, let me write this song in 30 seconds yesterday or <laughs> the long and winding road. I'm like, you just wrote the long and winding road in like 10 seconds. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Let me see. Let me uh, get, get, back, get back to where you once belonged. You know, I'm like, okay. It's amazing. Sure. And by the way, how great was Glenn Johns? The greatest <laughs> oh, character yeah, yeah. I've seen in any movie. Yeah, ever. it was very cool. He was like the real yeah. life Austin Powers. <laughs> totally. But take me back anyway. So let's talk about it again. You grew up in, in New York. And when did you first know that music was sort of a, a path that you wanted to go down? as opposed to sports um i guess like um you know late teenage kind of years you know like i was just like eh, you know that's like in manhattan like kind of like let's go for it you know like um i didn't know where to what to do so i just like started playing you know and like had you been playing guitar thought, at that point um no no i wasn't i started playing like a few years after that like a couple of years after and uh, it was kind of hard because i i i wish i learned to sing and play at the same time sure. you know yeah and it was always like you know i had like uh my first like bandmate was like uh, the guitar players are always like don't want the singer to play right. because then like you know they'll they'll be obsolete or whatever you know who knows i don't know it just was very it was hard i had to push myself a lot to like 
to keep playing, you know. Um, and, and what was your first band like? Your first um, uh, foray? It was like into a music? like a like a three a three piece, and it was just like me, a, a guitar player, and a drummer, and uh, and I would like play harmonica as like guitar solos almost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's just like kind of like like I don't know some folky shit, you know. I, I mean, I my first record in two thousand one was like uh, very. Uh, like Americana or something, mm. you know, like I, I think I just didn't, I, I truly didn't know where to begin because I didn't, you know, I didn't, I really didn't grow up in a musical family. I yeah. didn't like, I wasn't like, you know, that versed in, um, anything but like old shit, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I wasn't like, I didn't know, I really didn't know where to begin. I just knew I could sing, you know, that was it. But so, but your first record, like you said, was more Americana. Yeah. So was that a conscious, were you into Tom Petty? Were you into I was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just like, I kind of like, um, I just like followed this, like, like this bluesy thing. I just like, I don't know. Like I liked it at the time, you know, but I, but I had like, I think I didn't know that I could write pop mm. songs or something. Cause your real <laughs> love is pop, right? At the end yeah. Of the day. yeah. Well, that's a thing. And, and I think it's also because of the way I looked and stuff like that. I was like, I'm not going to be a pop. What are you going to be, fucking Britney Spears? You know, like, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> like so right. I was like kind of, you know, and when record guys would look at me, they'd be like, yeah, and I'm not, I don't, I don't know what, what am I looking, what am I looking at? What am I doing? <laughs> you know, and so, and I could feel it, you know, and then, I don't know, I had this guy that um, kept, uh, kept hounding me about um, what was I doing with my life. His name was like Marvin Howell, and he was like a dance um manager um like a, a dance producer manager um and he was just like persistent and like for like six years he was like what are you doing with your life i'm like marvin i'm fucking touring i'm just like indie stuff you know what i mean yeah. and by 2005 um i was like you know really spinning my wheels you know i'm just like touring a bunch um but i was like touring all over the country breaking even and and in touring but i i just didn't know what what to do you know he's so, like check out this dance music you'll make a fortune <laughs> well, kid. yeah he exactly he like uh, he said no i'm going to introduce you to, to all these people and um if i get you a deal in like under nine months or something like that um you'll give me three years of your publishing mm. right and so he starts setting me up introducing me to these huge songwriters like uh um Billy Steinberg and uh, Desmond Child and these like these cats, you know. Desmond Child, by the way, who's done every major <laughs> in the '80s, from yeah, Cher yeah. to Kiss to everyone. Yeah, Bon Jovi. <laughs> That's the thing. Like he, like Marvin, just knew these these older guys. It's like, and so um, they, uh, I don't know, they loved my voice and everything. So started working with me, and then I wrote this song with Billy Steinberg that um, caught the ear of like L.A. Reid, and mm. um, and then I had like a, a bidding war between like uh, Jive and and Island Def Jam. And, uh, and it's interesting to go from like an artist that they can't figure out what to do with, right? People yeah. are like, you should be in this box and we should yeah. make you like this to having yeah. a bidding war. Yeah. is pretty fascinating. Exactly. Right? And with one guy, you know, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you never know. Like, yeah. and I was like, again, like, you know, scratching my head, like, what the hell is this guy going to do, you know, for me, you know? Um, and then I just was like, you know what? I'll try it. You know, like, what do I, I can't seem to get anywhere with like labels looking at me. Like, I would be selling out like a place like the Mercury Lounge in New York City. Um, selling that out like all the time i must have sold that place out like 20 times and always be people like coming around and sniffing around but never pulling the trigger ever and so then they did and then uh for the next three years i was like in the major label system on island Jeff and then on sony and uh and um and what was that like for you i mean you met la reed yeah and how I mean, did that go how did the process go it for was you? fun i mean i barely saw him you know lady gaga who um i i knew uh, at the time we both worked with this other producer she got signed a couple months after me there 
and um and she used to sit outside his office crying like back in the day apparently like mm-hmm. and nobody would pay attention because they had like i mean they were doing like uh like fallout boy and shit you know at that time so yeah. i remember i uh they had this thing like a battle of the bands they never do it ever they said they never did it before but they signed a bunch of bands that year and they're gonna have a like a a, like a kind of a contest to see who would um stay you know and um you mean the winner gets a record deal and no no they we all had record deals they're gonna drop people oh wow a battle of the bands to keep your record deal yeah and so i it was like me and like 14 bands that were like fallout boy you know what i mean (laughs) and i was like and i hadn't been touring now for like over a year and a half you know, so um, and at that point, what was the music like that you were creating? My music, well, that was the thing. It was this, this disparate bunch of fucking songs because they they kept going like, let's put it in a rock direction, like let this direction, pop, rock, you know, like all over the place, all over the map. And then I had hired guys in my for the band, and um, it just looked and sounded so like all over the place. And I don't know. I mean, it still sounded good, but there was no there there. Like now mm. that I know what a cohesive sound and like kind of presentation or not presentation but like yeah just like a like a thing you know yeah a vibe. Um, yeah and but the thing was it was very uh instrumental in my whole career because um after like so i got dropped from there then i got signed again to this indie through sony um that was just on sony basically but it was like um i then uh uh sorry universal and um and so it was like very um interesting like after three years of like and then i and then that deal fell through as well but i written like maybe 140 something songs or wow. something like that and um because at then, the same time you're actually like a song you were doing the songwriting thing yeah. as well as performing as a solo well, artist, no right? i wasn't writing for other people though i was just writing for myself in those years and but i but i wrote so many songs i just realized i like could be prolific like because before that i would write you know whatever 13 15 songs a year i think mm. and like put them all on a record you know what yeah. i mean i'd be like yeah i'm great <laughs> you know i didn't really you know think to like write that many songs you yeah. know but then this was almost like songwriting school or some shit you know like but with the biggest names there are you know like Desmond child I mean, and yeah like uh red holly one, knight right? and red one and yeah. all yeah uh actually no red one hadn't started yet sorry um but yeah i then um so then I got a publishing deal after that in 2009, and then I was just writing for other people at that point. Like I even I bust my uh, publisher's balls now because he said to me, "So you're done being an artist, right?" Because he really wanted me to write songs yeah. only, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know." But no, I was, and I was just like, oh, "I got a, you know, I got another deal." <laughs> like yeah. you know, so in like in like four years, I got like three giant deals. They were all like six figure deals, but I was like sweating it a little because I was like, "Fuck, I gotta like." I got to start getting catalog that's like producing money, you know? So that's when I really went into high gear as far as writing. And I was like trying to write for every single um, like uh, genre I could because I don't want to be some like pop rock like dummy that they call once in a while. So I wanted to make sure I was like in all the things and especially wanted to get like, um, you know, in some more like what they call the urban music at that time. Right, you know? right. But um, and some people don't understand when you get a record deal, it's just a loan at the end of the day, right? I mean, oh yeah, it's that's essentially that's what it is. And yeah. people are like, let's get a record deal. Yeah. And then you get a record deal, you're like, I gotta pay back this four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I got a great story about the payback thing. Yeah, let's talk about it. it. Let's talk about so it. yeah, so then I, so then two years go by and I'm writing like a motherfucker, you know, and and uh, and and I'm starting to get cuts, you know, like I started like. Um, Actually, like I, I signed in 2010, I signed a production deal as an artist with mm. Red One. That's what happened. 
And that was the nudge I needed to get back into the artist thing. And I was singing at a place called Bardot and then Sayers here. Sure. And um, just singing once, in, once a week with the ba- house band and, uh, and just like, you know, singing these giant songs and, and people go nuts. And people started coming to see me specifically there. And then like, and record people were starting to come and hear. And so, and hearing that I'm writing for like, you know, all these bigger people, you know. And because um, at that point, had you started writing for Yeah, that's the when Bat I got, I had just and... gotten a ra- uh, the Rihanna cut, you know, which uh, it was like a hit on Loud, the last single they released on Loud. And, um, and so I actually didn't ever get to um, jump off and be like, on that thing of writing for others, um, like as far as like the momentum, because I got a record deal right at the end of 2011 for Mm -hmm. my shit. And that's when I, I had just written like Into the Wild and and Tokyo Sunrise and uh, Forever For Now, all these songs. And uh, and Into the Wild got in a big Citibank commercial. And then, uh, and so, uh, yeah. (laughs) So then, um, but that came actually before I even signed, I signed to Warner Brothers and, and then, so at um, this point, you're through a few different record deals, right? Yeah, I've had Talking like seven Sony, record deals seven in the record States. Deals, right. Yeah. And why yeah. do you think that is? Like, what is it that, because at the end of the day, I think now just doing it yourself is almost easier for artists oh, when you have I the mean, budgets, I don't right? know. Like, yeah, I mean, they say that. I mean, now I'm on my the label that's like my manager's label. But, you know, but I, so I signed to Warner Brothers. I'm on there for three years. And I, I, I did, um, well, when I signed, it was going great, you know, like um, Into the Wild, it's had this massive, like it went viral. And I was on like CNN and all this stuff with with this uh, commercial. And then uh, and then Rob Cavallo decided to reproduce the song and not service it to radio or even to fucking iTunes. Mm. It was just like the dumbest. It's like when you get signed, they're like, God, wouldn't it be great if you had a massive sync? Hmm, it'd be so <laughs> great. You know, did nothing wow. with it with the sink and we should say Rob Caval who's worked with Green Day to whoever yeah, and, at and that point he was one of the biggest he's, he was one of the biggest and, but he's not the right producer for yeah. me and never was but I wouldn't dare tell him that I mean because he's a fucking G you yeah, know like yeah. I mean you know and he's my friend and everything but he's not really the right it, my record was way overproduced and it took too long he kept me waiting through a, th- a three fucking Green Day extravaganza right. and, uh, and Dave Matthews and then fucking Josh Groban it's like by the time <laughs> then then my you know I put out a, a live EP and then two years later a fucking whole another record of the same song you know stupid when anyway. you look back on that body of work that you did back then are you happy with it do you like the records uh, that you made back then I, I, you know forever for now I wish it wasn't overproduced yeah like that was the end like now everything since then perfect you know mike del rio is my guy yeah, yeah you know he's the guy that um i him and nate campanella wrote uh and he produced uh lost on you mm. and that was finally when like my voice sounded the way it needed to sound you know like because uh i mean some people i'm sure people like forever for now whatever my favorite was when uh warner brothers put out a fucking deluxe of it <laughs> when it hit you know what right, i mean right. like great um because there's a great story you play some of the tracks for i believe Rob oh Cavallo. yeah well no not no cavallo was already out he was like, out okay. he was like there was a new regime which was um uh cameron strang who's uh, a fucking accountant <laughs> <laughs> a fucking accountant whatever the fuck he is you know what i mean like yeah. he just looks like a fucking reptile anyway sorry sorry cameron <laughs> suck it though you know and then dan mccarroll who fails upwards yeah. all the time he's i don't know where he is right now but yeah he has me in his office and i play him three songs not bitter dan <laughs> at all but still suck a dick <laughs> but i'm not bitter i'm actually you do me a favor i'm gonna tell him the the greatest part you did you cocksucker <laughs> anyway so yeah he, i play him three songs i play him lost on you i play him muddy waters and i play him strange and he goes wow those are great those are great huh i mean they're so fucking great <laughs> you want to hear a great song you know 
Yeah, I do. You know, yeah, I do, Dan. Play me a great fucking song. He plays me some song. I'm not even going to put the guy on the spot. But he plays the greatest part of, of it, I will tell you, was that he plays me a, a song about being gay by a guy who's not gay. <laughs> me. Of all fucking people, right. you're going to play me a song about being gay that's written by someone who's not fucking gay. Do we know who that artist was? I love was? you. Who like, was that I mean, artist? do your balls ride shotgun when you drive? Like, I mean, wow. <laughs> fucking hell, man. I would love to know who that artist was, by the way. Yeah, no, no. I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. And like that song I will say has about 14,000 hits on Spotify. And you have yeah. you have billions. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I just like was like, okay. And then they, I get dropped, you know. Um, and uh, But Rob Cavallo ran me up a nice $1.6 million bill with all the, uh, with the, you know, 24-piece orchestras for, you know, a song he never put out, you know, right, right, like right. shit like that, you know. Um, and talk about that for a moment. <laughs> so essentially you have to pay that money back. No, right? when you get dropped, it's, it's, oh, it's gone, right. It's well, gone. if you're still on the label, obviously, you have to pay the money. Yeah, back, well, so. that's the thing. First of all, Lost and You never would have gone anywhere Like if I was stayed on the label because the way it happened when Greece wanted to license the song, they would have never, I would have never even known. Yeah. You know, I, I never would have known. And so when you think about that, it's like, it's like shivers down my spine, you know what I mean? And like, and that $1.6 million is like um, basically my fucking house, you know? <laughs> now. So it's like, it all worked out, you know? But I, I just like... You know, it's it's amazing to me, like, you know, I mean, the whole, um, speaking of the Beatles, how do you sleep at night, you know, kind of like that yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, like, I can't imagine, like, being that guy, you know, who just, like, cuts, like, someone's, like, because I'm, like, a success story. Like, I, I got to see the other whole side of what, you know, could be. Like, it's insane. But I, I think of other poor people that have, like, gone through it on the bad side of it, yeah. where they never... Got the, and they never like got anything again and or whatever that a song, a great song is sitting on their fucking computer, mm. you know. And that but it's a, breaks it's a my lesson heart. some perseverance at the end of the day. Well, that's right? the thing, and like and I I I like to tell the story not out of like bitterness, look what I did, but out of out of like inspiration for mm. somebody who's like you know like some douche on the other side of a desk is going to be like, yeah, I don't get it, I don't get it. Fuck it, you know, like, and you're, and meanwhile, back to ranch, you know, so I think, like, everybody should, you know, um, and that doesn't mean you go around hawking that same fucking song everywhere if no one's biting, you know, sure, sure. but still, but don't listen, you know, to people, don't but listen. At, but at that point, Lost in You actually became, like, a viral hit in Greece of all places, right? Well, Let's it, talk about how it just happened. went, it went number one in Greece, and, yeah. and then, and, well, when it was going, uh, it, um, Italy wanted to then license it. And what happened is right after Warner Brothers, like three, I got dropped and three months later, I got signed to Vagrant Records, which was like my dream label yeah. always, you yeah. know what I mean? That was like, you know, I don't, like you asked me why, why major label at this, you know, um, I don't know why. I mean, I think people often, that's been like, that was a hard part of my career. People would always be like, you know what? You could be. <laughs> like and then right. I was like, well, how about the in between fucking yeah, shit? Like, yeah. can we just work on the in between sure. and not get so carried away with the this, you know? I mean, and so Vagrant was like, yeah, man, that's dope, you know? And uh, I got signed by them. Um, I got the first thing that happened is one of those songs that I got dropped for, Muddy Waters, was synced in this uh, movie trailer, and and I made my whole deal back in one sync, Incredible. you know? And um, yeah, every song I played for Dan, by the way, um, Muddy Waters has been synced like. I don't know how many times, like definitely over 25 times. And then like um, Lost in You is Lost in You. Um, and then um, Strange was like 
like a year or two ago in a Samsung commercial for mm. a year. And so, you know, he's got some great ears. But, yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just messing with But it. let's talk about that for a moment because obviously during this last couple of years, it's been really hard to tour, although you did tour not yeah, long bit. ago. But the sync world for you has been incredibly, you know. It's been good, you it's know. It's been good to I you mean, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So for an artist like yourself, talk about like, what the sync world means to you and, and how that's really helped your career because um, your songs yeah. are heard all over the world in commercials well, as like, you mentioned with Into the Wild that was incredible I mean it was funny because they showed me it was this commercial um, of a woman I don't know if you remember it um, it was a note because it was like a woman picking out like things like um, uh, like hiking equipment but also like wedding stuff I don't remember like but then she's like hiking this mountain and it's like a real mountain climber or whatever and it was like and then she's on the top and it goes and this the line goes somebody left the gate open you know and I'm like so I my friend had got a note from like a some somebody that was like looking for like the song she's like I feel like that demo you played me of that new song you just wrote is like perfect for it and then it and then eventually it got it and um, but it was funny because when they showed it to me, the song's called "Into the Wild," right? And they don't use "Into the Wild" the word. They use "Somebody Left the Gate Open," and I was like, I was like a little crestfallen at the time. So I was like, "The fuck is that? Like, why don't you? Why would you not use "Into the Wild"? It's the chorus. It's you're in the wild. Like it's so, the left the gate. And then you're like, that is why you're using the song, isn't it? So yeah. But not. anyway, so then all of a sudden it goes viral, and I was just about to like play um, South by Southwest. And uh, I remember um, everyone was just going, somebody left the gate <laughs> Like everybody kept yelling that at me. And then, and when I was playing at South by, nobody know, knew who I was. But, but as soon as I said that line, everyone went, oh, oh, it's that chick, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and uh, so, um, yeah, that's when I saw the power of like, uh, sync. like sync and TV. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I know. So it's been great for you for sure. But at that point, you also met Red One, who you've been working with, right? Well, that was before. Okay. So I was with Red One, um, and uh, he, you know, he was working on something with me, but he was like, um, he was also not the right. He wanted to do a rock record with me because mm. he loves rock music, you know. And uh, he was off, you know, we just finished that huge Lady Gaga record, and uh, yeah. And so we were like, I don't know, thinking a hold up in the south of France or something like that for a month and uh, wrote a bunch of shit. But I didn't think it was that great. And he, before the Warner Brothers thing, he had taken me in to, uh, <clears throat> to um, Marty, uh, not Marty, I forget what his name is, head of Universal. Like okay. this, Monty uh, Littman, Lush, probably. Uh, Lu Lucian uh, Grange. Lucian Grange, yeah. Yeah, something like sure. that, yeah. And, um, and, you know, and I knew in my heart, because I'd been songwriting now for like a year and a half or so, and uh, I'm like, these songs are not up to par mm. yet you know what i mean and like you know and red would go in there and bang his fist be like yeah and i'm like all that fist bumping in the world is not gonna make these songs better i'm sorry i, I mean <laughs> right. i wrote them with you but like they're not you know they're not good yeah, enough, yeah. you know and i so i knew it in my heart but then all of a sudden i started writing like when i wrote into the wild i think when i wrote into the wild i was like officially in my head i was like oh shit this is me mm. this is my sound that i've been looking for my whole life basically <laughs> and do you, th you find it more gratifying mm -hmm. to be writing songs for the likes of who we mentioned, Christina Aguilera yeah. and, and the Backstreet Boys and Rihanna? Um, or do you find it more gratifying to be a solo artist that you uh, are? No, it's definitely more gratifying to be a solo artist. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is great, and it's and, and but it's really hard, you know? Like, mm. you got to rack up some serious fucking songs. Yeah. To like, you know, like um, Nate Campany, uh, one of my partners, is like, I mean, he's a genius at it, you know? I mean, like... I've never seen anybody get that many cuts that I knew of that well. Um, but he's like, uh, he really goes for it. And it's like a real profession, mm -hmm. <laughs> hardcore, you know what I mean? You get like, I'm much more of a like, 
an asshole and undisciplined. <laughs> like I'm an artist for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was like, I was just like, fuck it. You know, they're paying me money to like, you know, iron of ironies. I'm writing now for other people. Like I couldn't write, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't write myself into anything, but I can write for like, I like, again, like me and Dan, we're, we're failing up. <laughs> but when you hear an artist like Rihanna do one of your songs that you wrote, Cheers, right? It's yeah. got to be so gratifying. Oh, it was cool. And- that was dope. Like I was like, I thought she would, because I sang the demo, and uh, I, you know, I say I always sing the demo when I write these songs usually. But so, but I thought like she was gonna uh, change it all up. Yeah, but it was the same. She just she added some of her like dope little runs, you know, like yeah. you know, uh, yeah, like she like that, you know. But <laughs> yeah. but like other than that, it was exactly how I did. I I'm even still in it like in the background. But um, but yeah, I thought that was really. Um, I was like kind of like, oh my god. I mean, when the the first one I'd ever got uh, cup was the Backstreet Boys one. What was that like for you? How, tell me that process. That, that um, well, I was writing that for me. You know, that was uh, it's called "Love Will Keep You Up All Night," and um, I wrote that song for myself. Um, and uh, I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, like that's how it goes. Like they just they just take a song. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I yeah. mean, that's the thing about this. You know, business. I you know, I mean, I'm sure it's like that for everyone. But uh, and I've and I've seen it from many different sides. That's what's like interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think like people don't really understand the 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 actual journey, mm. like and all. Like I don't think they understand. Um, most people don't. It's like my family. Like you know, they don't understand that how many people try to do this. Yeah. They really don't. I don't think they it it really registers to uh, not just that you know to people at large they just think like when you're a star you're a star i'm like i i wrote with so many fucking people like kids whatever you know all these different people um that uh, you were convinced everybody was convinced to give us a star yeah yeah. even the kid was acting like a star yeah already i'm like you should wait on that (laughs) hold tight one second because you know like just because you got a feature in england like last month (laughs) like don't get ahead of you then you never fucking hear this person again (laughs) ever you know and it's like it's it's rough out there you know and so to get anywhere you know it's just like pretty pretty insane and but i think like um and all the all the different things that could happen with a song are so you know like cheers that was supposed to be the first single released from the album uh for rihanna and i was like oh wow cool you know and then 50 people getting involved. Yeah. And then it was it was the sixth. Wow. And and it was funny because every other song, um, and it and it did well. It went like double platinum and all this stuff. But like every song on that record was given like pretty much two months at radio. Mm. Cheers was only like one month because the next song that came by uh was uh We Found Love, which was from her next album, and no one saw that coming. And yeah, so yeah. so you never know. Like, you know, sure, like sure. you could be like the first single or you could be and thank God it's a single at all, you know. Yeah. But like but it's a nail biter, you know. What I mean? yeah. I, like never, I never even think about what's gonna happen because like I, you don't know. Did you get the meter? I didn't. No, didn't no. It's funny the process, right? You turn in a song, oh, somebody yeah. records it, then you're just seeing them perform it live. But you don't, you don't yeah. actually get to work with the artist sometimes too. No, right? I mean Billy Steinberg tells me this really sad story one time about how he couldn't even get tickets to the Madonna concert. <laughs> Meanwhile, because he wrote like a virgin, right, 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 and the and the fucking tour is called the Virgin Tour. <laughs> he can't even get tickets. And then she did barely said hi to him. Like she didn't really want to meet him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it was just like, you know, it's like, yo, really? Wow. Like, no. And you know, 
it's yeah. almost like when you play a show like i know that you're playing uh, you're supposed to be playing the greek coming up if uh yeah you know things go uh we'll have to see where it goes in the direction of the the surge and the coronavirus but oh, hopefully yeah, that'll bite that your tongue man. i mean <laughs> yeah. people are already playing the greek i better right. fucking be playing you'll that. be playing that but uh <laughs> i i got the pleasure of uh, a couple years ago playing the hollywood bowl and they were like you get no tickets and so i yeah. had to actually buy my parents tickets to see me perform <laughs> oh, and man. i think they sat all the way up like on the grass seats and i'm like it's my parents like can't i put them somewhere like in yeah. a box seat and did, i actually did courtney get tickets though i mean i'm sure courtney got some <laughs> tickets but i got no as the drummer you get like you get maybe a <laughs> ticket or no tickets right so i got nothing so uh, I, I did i always tell people i'm like they're like how many tickets i'm like don't even ask me for tickets i'm buying yeah. my parents tickets you know yeah and that was probably the greatest day of my life so i'm like at least a, a ticket to invite a friend or yeah you know, but but yeah that, that's how it is it's crazy yeah it's like everyone thinks like you're just like yeah yeah, like yeah. you get whatever you want yeah, it you never works like, like that but let's yeah. talk about your sixth record churches which mm -hmm. came out just a month ago it's funny because you started releasing singles about six months ago like yeah. we we're talking about i think you might even be on like the fifth yeah. single now at this point right I, I, yeah I, I think almost the sixth yeah because the record came out i believe december yeah. 3rd mm -hmm. Um, so it's only been out technically for a month now, but you uh -huh. know, let's talk about the new single and the record. And actually, the the name of the record "Churches" came about because this you had this aha moment when you walked into a church and and talk well, about it for a I, moment. Yeah, I mean, I named it "Churches" because um, I was pretty sure the song probably the song "Churches" that's on it wouldn't be a single. So I, um, yeah, so I was like, I wanted to bring attention to it. Mm. Um, it was a uh, you know, I was in I was in St. Petersburg or something like that, and I was. Uh, I was had been doing. It was before I was actually had hits in Russia, which now I've had a bunch of hits in Russia. And uh, but I so I wasn't playing. I was playing private shows for people. And mm. um, and and the irony of that was that I, um, the uh, Blavatniks, Len and Alex Blavatnik, who owned Warner Brothers. Yeah, I met Alex. Um, I was one of his favorite bands. Um, so I played his birthday party in New York. Amazing. And so all these Russian billionaires were there. And then. Uh, some Russian guy saw me and I played his um I played his uh Christmas and New Year's Eve party. Oh wow. And um and then the third I did another show for him, just a random show, and then another uh Russian dude saw me and he, st he hired me for another three different gigs. And this this is all in um the year when like Warner Brothers is like basically shitting to bed and then I'm also dropped and like so it's like my I wasn't touring much and um it was like really needed money and i was so like grateful for that mm. like you know and it was like a lucky lucky thing I, I think alex didn't know he was doing me a favor like a solid like that you yeah. know um but so um the gig would go like you'd fly in you'd um do the show the next day sightsee the next day and then fly back so it was quick but but you had this sightseeing thing so i went in we were looking at churches and like every time i went to go in they were like you had to cover your head if you were a woman you know and um and a couple of times I walked by, they thought it was a dude, and, and then you're like, oh no, no, <laughs> you know. And it was like Orthodox church. It's not because it's like Russian, you know right, what I mean, right. like whatever. But right. but I was like, I'm not going in there. Hell no. Like you know, and and I didn't decide. Like I'm not trying to like you know. I'm not like one of those like I'm like very live and let live. I'm not like kind of like condemn these people because they're like you know. I was just like I'm good. I'm not going in, you know. But and and also because I believe in God fully, you know what I mean. Uh, pray to God, believe in God, and I'm like. My God doesn't make me cover my head. I'm right. sorry. You know, I'm sorry about that. I don't want to see why. And, you know, and if men if men were doing it too, if everybody had to cover their head, I'm like, okay, yeah. I could think about that. Like maybe, you know. Um, but but in it, a way, it makes you question religion and what it's all about. Yeah, right? and, and, and I, you know, I don't, I was brought up Catholic, Roman Catholic, but I, you know, I'm like, but I hadn't thought about it much, you mm. know. And so it started me thinking about it. And I just, I thought the name churches was also kind of rife with, um, it's like, 
uh, not just imagery, but like thoughts. It's like, like I just felt like, um, you know, a church to me is not, besides a, being a beautiful structure most of the time, is also just a place where people congregate for an idea, whatever. Right? Mm. So I just like, I don't know, I just felt like a, the kind of thing to name the record. And uh, I'm glad I did. It's, <laughs> a, it's a great record, by the way. And there's a lot of songs on the record that remind a lot about love and heartache. And there seems mm -hmm. to be a, a theme. <laughs> My specialty. Re yeah, re reoccurring theme there <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I think there's even some songs inspired by the pandemic. Yeah. So talk about yeah. some of the songs on the new record. And, yeah. and, and obviously the love theme is something that <laughs> it's gonna, it feels like, a, like I said, it's a prevailing theme that's yeah. been, uh, that you've been writing about for, for a long time. Now. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, cause I, I really, I believe it's the most important thing, you yeah. know, and it's like, and it's, I mean, it's a thing that like, um, it's even the thing that inspires hate. Yeah. You know, in the name yeah. of love, people do so many fucked up things, you sure. know, but I, um, you know, um, one last time was a song that kind of had a journey as far as like, it was like started in Greece in like the summer of 2019. Uh, I was on tour and then we stopped, me and Mike stopped. Um, I had to stay in Europe for like a week cause I had another gig at the end and, uh, it was worth it. And, uh, and so we started writing at, uh, in Athens and then, uh, we started that song and we had a, uh, like a, this, oddly this greek instrument that we got in belgium <laughs> like like a day before and uh i don't know we just started writing this song um and uh this like la da 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 da, -da came out and uh it just felt like very it didn't feel american that's for sure mm. you know and then we brought it back and uh worked on it right before the pandemic in um had another session in uh mexico and then um and then finished it like after the pandemic started and it and it I had no idea it was going to be kind of a song about like I am you know enjoy those last moments like any moment that you have with it any moment could be a last moment yeah. is what I'm trying yeah. to say like there's no like well, especially you know, now right with everything yeah going like on, I so. mean exactly and and you know watching people say goodbye to their um, parents or whatever on FaceTime I was like yeah. what the fuck wow like yeah, holy like yeah it was it was deep and and mm. um and uh affected me a lot um everybody you know so i don't know a lot of like a lot of that got infused into um you know like that's when i wrote all the uh lyrics for that one that really kind of um i had the title one last time but it took on all all different meanings to me you know and uh i don't know um uh when we touch was also that was maybe the last song it was like the first title that i wrote when we going into into the pandemic because i when it started to become real i was like holy shit wow uh we're not touring no one's going anywhere yeah. for a minute wow where were you when actually when the news broke out um i was home because i was about to start a tour it was like march um mid-march and i was yeah. starting like um like right around the 20th or something like that and i was like going until like november mm. you know and i i was gonna like release this record um, you know, uh, in October of 2020, that was the original plan. Mm. And, uh, so yeah. So, um, I was like, Oh shit. You know, some of my friends were out on tour. Like, I think like actually Palais might've been on tour yeah, no, and I they remember. had to come home. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about it on the show the other yeah. day and we talked about our mutual friendship for yeah. Palais and the fact that yeah. you actually did a song with them on their new record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what is the song called? Hold on. It's called, um, line it up, line them up line it up so that's coming out i think their yeah. new record comes out any day now actually it comes yeah. out very soon so nice yeah dope song dope and great I, guy I great bunch of guys great, love those great guys. performers yeah. yeah we were talking about yeah. our mutual love for sebastian and yeah what a great and great as I, I mentioned to you that we were out the other night and 
we spoke about <laughs> how great you are. So Where'd you guys go? Uh, we, I don't, don't even get, we actually ended up, somehow we ended up a place called Sin, which I haven't been to. Uh, <laughs> is that on this street? It's on, it on, it's on La Cienega, and I don't oh, okay. think we need to get into it, but uh, oh. it's one of the stranger nights oh. I've had in my life. But uh, I love those guys. Yeah. Um, great bunch of guys. <laughs> Does it have great. something to do with bleached assholes or something uh, like that? <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's just a weird place. <laughs> but uh, in a weird, it feels like, you know, in a way it's like uh, life is cyclical and, and now I saw on your Instagram the other day that you're, I think today actually, that you had to postpone your tour dates yeah. for Europe. So as of today. Oh yeah, I haven't even gone on Instagram since that was posted. Yeah, but you pu- you, re- you push back the dates now. Yeah. The dates that were initially going to start, I believe, next month are uh, now going to be, I think, in June and you're hitting everywhere in Europe, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of almost works out, you know, because um, uh, Ru- I think Russia fell first, like where they were like needing to push it. Okay. Um, and, then, um, and then we were going to, I don't know, it was like, Everybody pushed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, William Morris, my agent, was like, everybody, you know, mm. p- pushing. And we, you know, we, like, we, uh, we moved my American tour four times. Wow. <laughs> it's like, well, wow. Are the American dates actually going to stay in place and the European yeah. dates are moving? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everybody, like, uh, I think Palais included, like, everybody that's going on tour in the States is going. Yeah. In yeah. those months. Because yeah. you're hitting here, you're hitting the House of Blues. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, the Greek Theater in L.A. Yeah. Uh, some House of Blues uh, dates, some dates. In, I yeah. think there's a date in New York. In Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah I play the um, Brooklyn and Manhattan. I'm playing yeah. Terminal Brooklyn 5 Steel, one maybe? night and then Brooklyn Steel yeah. the next night. All right, so the dates in the States are going to stay where they are. Them the dates, dates in, in the States, they stay in. <laughs> okay. Do you have a favorite track <laughs> on a new record, Churches? Uh, I won't know until I start really uh, playing them all live, you know. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was yeah I I feel like uh, they're all kind of fun you know I mean the one that you love um, you know I feel bad for that song sometimes that it had to come out in the pandemic you yeah, know what yeah. I mean because I feel like if I was able to like when that first came out if I was able to be touring when that song was going it would have been like a bit different but. well you have been doing some shows lately right so how's the reaction yeah. been to some of the new uh, material oh th- yeah it's been great right yeah really really good I'm like and um and streaming really well so that's good. How low can you go? Uh, yeah. The lyrics are, last time I saw you, we did coke in the closet at the Chateau Marmont. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about that song Sorry for about a moment. that. Yeah. You know, that was like the, the sound of many unfollows. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> fuck it. You know, but um, yeah, that's uh, that song was like kind of like, um, uh, I wouldn't call it creative writing because it's all true, but it's like, but it's like a, uh, it's like a conglomerate of like a bunch of different like experiences. Like, mm. you know, I could have, I, I could have called it musings in LA, yeah. on late night, <laughs> late night musings in LA. But it's so much better yeah. this way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I don't know. I, I that song kind of could have been ready for heart to mouth, the mm. record before this, um, but it needed another part. And, uh, but I really, I, I kind of like experimented on this record. Like, you know, Mike and I, um, Mike Del Rio, your yeah, producer. Yeah, Mike Del Rio. Um, uh, You'd we, work with Mike in the past. Right? Yeah, we did the last uh, Lost a New Heart to Mouth in this one. This is our third record. So now, like me and Mike Del Rio and Nate Campany, you're kind of now like almost like Team. a band. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like band, yeah. they're, they're like my at home band. Yeah. And I wrote other songs. I always write with other people too. Um, and Mike um, kind of executive produces or you know like pro- just will produce them. But um, a lot of this record actually was written in Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had a big, big session uh, in Cabo San Jose, uh, like December, like November, December of two thousand nine. Okay. And uh, and yeah, it was like it was it was pretty. Uh, um, so these songs are going back two thousand and nine. These songs yeah. are going back for years. No, no, no. 
Did I say 2009? Yeah, 2019. 2019. Okay, so a couple years. I was like, <laughs> sorry about that. These songs that. are 12 years Jesus old. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, okay. no. I wasn't even like, yeah. No. <laughs> that was um, like four record deals ago <laughs> exactly. or something, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, even like uh, Forever For Now hadn't come out. But yeah, um, but yeah I, uh, I, um, that yielded a bunch of work, you know, like, because I, I felt like, you know, that, like, I, I've been on and have been on it like a role, you mm. know what I mean? I mm. mean, the not touring thing kind of like, got me all like, uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, I feel like, um, and um, and I think like on this record also like uh, lyrically and poetically, I feel like for myself, I went up a little bit, you know, like as far as like, I felt there was a lot of uh, dexterity between like my, my with my pen, you know, and my mm. brain. Like I felt really like I had a lot of shit to say and um, I don't know, it felt good. But um, It's interesting when I was, was checking out your history and everything, I mean, because one of the first songs you had that was so much, so successful started in Greece. I, I was thinking about that movie Sugarman where he, I don't oh, know yeah. if you ever saw the documentary. I did. And I toured with that guy. Yeah, he did. Amazing. Did. So yeah, it's incredible. So did you play yeah. in Greece at, at some point? Um, I did play in Greece. Um, must've been I, like Beatlemania. For yeah, you or it was crazy right? there. Yeah. yeah, it was dope. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it can be very wild in many places. I, yeah. I mean, even I just hit like literally in the last two or three years. No, like the last, if you always have to add in a year on. So yeah. in the last, it would have been one and a half years, but two and a half years with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I we hit in Mexico and South America. Lost in you was like two and a half years after it had been a hit and all these other places, it was it popped in uh, Mexico and South America and going down there now is pretty wild. I'm playing all the Lollapaloozas down there. Um, I was supposed to play them in 2020, but um, I think the, that's my one of my first shows, uh, Lollapalooza in Brazil. Amazing. Yeah. So It's always um, fascinating when you don't know which markets the record is hidden and then you show up in like <laughs> yeah. Romania and yeah, there's that's like what a I mean. line around like you the feel block. Like, and... It feels like that guy. Yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like. It's like, you know, like, you know, they, they all thought you were dead. Yeah. Oh, no, you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, everybody thought you were dead. In fact, who... I what was it? I was reading, you know, uh, Instagram. Um, I is like very family. Like I, I get nothing but so much fucking love yeah. on Instagram. Um, but, but you then, have like a million and a half. But followers, then, yeah, right? but then TikTok is like more like you know, like I've had a bunch of the things go viral yeah. on there, and and you know, so the wolves come in sometimes and like the fuck am i looking at what the fuck is that right. it's like the trolls yeah. the trolls yeah the out. trolls yeah. Yeah. and um i remember i was like looking on on one and uh and like oh i love this song oh wow i used to listen to lp a lot in high school i thought lp was dead <laughs> i thought she died a few years ago i was like wow what is wrong with people Sick, right man. <laughs> like, what? Do you do you have a Look newfound appreciation? I was gonna say, do you have like a newfound appreciation for life now and touring in this day <laughs> after and age? I was dead? The, well, not after you're dead, but just after with everything going on yeah. in life, right? With the surge yeah. now, and I think the first time I actually went out in public and I started to go see shows again, yeah. it's weird, right? You're like yeah. you're out in public and you're like, well, people are talking well, to me, dude, and it's I, like what the first thing that ever happened. I went at a, I kind of in the summer I went out to a bar with uh, Andrew and and uh, and all all these friends to see this um, Ver Veronica Bianchi, a uh, friend of ours. Uh, a great singer songwriter and uh and so we go to um harvard and stone which i used to sure. live down the street from and um shout out to the houston brothers yeah the <laughs> sure, yeah, they, yeah they need it like, yeah. <laughs> and uh um so i was just like oh this is creepy it was weird yeah. like people are talking to my face their breath is in my face yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> backing like, up you don't well, want to get near yeah, it was people. so wild yeah. and but uh, also you know uh fuck it you know, it's yeah. like, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I I'm, I'm kind of like one of those scared, not scared, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm you got to live life. Yeah. I want well, I, my biggest thing, you know, I'm sure with a lot of people, it's like, you want to protect other people. I don't, sure. I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, flippant or glib about a very serious situation. Um, but I don't like, 
you know, like I said, both my parents passed away, so that's that's an alleviated stress for yeah, me. Yeah, that yeah. like I don't I didn't have to like be like, oh my god, you know. By the way, you're right though, because whenever <laughs> I see my parents now, I'm so scared of like yeah. going near them. I don't even want to hug them, and and it's it's daunting. But I mean, I listen. It's a I, shitty time to be old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shitty time to be a grandparent. Yeah, it it is. really is. <laughs> shit, like the grandparents like got gypped as fuck. Like yeah, you know? yeah, that's no, a hard. Like my last years, God, <laughs> no last, love. These last couple of years, I almost want to erase them from like oh, yeah. my memory. But uh, yeah. any highlights that jump out of you in your career? Like this is the greatest thing that happened to me this oh, moment man. i mean so many i mean i can't believe i get to do this at all so yeah. you know what i mean and like i i mean i i still don't like you know i mean i still like it's, it's you know i have a wild career because like i i can't even like you know i go places sometimes in other countries and then this country like people have no idea like you know like <laughs> my family my <laughs> what do you do? my family's balls but <laughs> yeah. um but yeah um but you know, I would I I'm way bigger than I ever expected to be in the states. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I can't even believe I'm playing these places. You know, like it's like blows my fucking mind. Yeah. So everything. I mean, um, I think you know, uh, playing Coachella was like kind of like you know, like even being on the bill. You know, amazing. like that was amazing. The Lollapalooza. You know, I mean, yeah. I played Lollapalooza twice now in the states, but um, you're doing a bunch of Lollapalooza rounds. On I'm this doing all the uh, yeah, I'm doing all the um, South American ones. Yeah, yeah. There's like four. Like I think there's three that are called Lollapalooza and then maybe two that are like you know like a stereo picnic or something okay. like that in Colombia or some shit. But when but, you're on stage or something like Coachella, like you yeah. said, your career has had so many highs and lows. Are you pinching yeah. yourself and you're like, yeah. is this real? What's yeah, happening? I mean when I'm like you know I'm playing to like uh, you know like even like I just played Corona Capital like, um, uh, like you know there's like. I don't know, like 40,000 people were yeah. there or something like that. But it was like, you know, and then like, uh, same, like when I first played there, I think that was a mind blowing. I played at, um, that was when I first started to hit in, um, in Mexico and South America. And I played, uh, Viva Latino, this mm. festival that not many, um, American bands really play. And, and it was like one of those, um, moments that like i'd seen other people experience but i had never experienced it like where everybody was like i mean the fucking crowd i i had to go to russia that night um to leave for a tour there and um so i played an earlier slot and i think it was like a slightly smaller stage and it was like a five thousand tent person tent and there was like ten thousand people in it and it was like nuts you know wow, and i amazing. remember and like every photographer was like in the pit and it was like very um I was like, wow. I, uh, I I was like, definitely one of those like highlights where you're like, the fuck is happening? Like, <laughs> I can't believe it. Like, like you know, like I, you go like all that, all that that whole slog was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> and the crowds in Latin America are incredible. By yeah, the way. They're they, the best. they love music yeah. and they love rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> and some any more plans for this album? I mean, you've done what like five videos, six videos at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, we're record? gonna release uh, uh, more singles. Probably, you know, I mean, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put out a uh, deluxe of it, like you know, like like mid next year or just put out a, a new EP or some shit. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm going to like, I haven't toured it yet. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm like very, I think, um, you know, it's going to be a, a piece of work. When, when did the American tours start? When the American tours uh, starts? June or is it May? I think it's May. May, okay. It kicks off in May. Okay. End and of April, maybe. Uh, something like that. And definitely the Greek is a show I'm going to try and go to because I'd love yeah, to see it. Yeah, I love Greek. it. Yeah. yeah. I played there. I, I opened for, uh, for, uh, Rodriguez there. Oh, amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, uh, is he cool? Yeah. He must be very cool. He was right? very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it was hard to like. I didn't get to talk to him much because he had his entire family on tour with him. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> just my seventy-five cousins. That yeah, well, that was the thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it breaks your heart. You know, it was like yeah. it was like a celebration. Like here's this guy. I mean, and you know, I mean, he's like a like this guy that was like 
working manual labor and 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 almost and, like homeless in a sense. Yeah, right? yeah, but also an activist and and someone that like really like he did a lot of like stuff for his community and everything, mm. and he was really like. You know, um, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, like yeah. you said, he's doing manual labor. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's living in the states, and yeah. his record somehow gets released. And what is it, uh, Chile or something? Well, or no, South Africa. No, South his Africa. record. Yeah, his record was in South Africa in the seventies. Yeah, but there was a rumor that he died. Right. And so, it became like Elvis. In yeah. South so America. it was like so everybody was like sharing this record, yeah. put, putting this record around. It was like a record that like you know everybody had like everybody of a certain age group had this record. Yeah. It was like a dope ass record and. Um, and they all thought he was. It's I, I'm. I don't want to laugh. And then, okay. and then, if you haven't but seen like, the movie, he goes to yeah. South Africa and he's yeah. like as big as Elvis. Yeah, he's yeah. gigantic. Yeah. And then, and and his songs are dope, you know. Like and uh, and and then he had no idea. Yeah. You know, incredible like incredible story. Yeah, it's insane. Amazing. So I definitely want to come <laughs> out for those of you who've not heard LP. Make sure you pick up the new record. Churches, check out the tour yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, billions of fans can't be wrong. Uh, billions of streams <laughs> billions of streams came uh, and, and I'm really excited to see you on tour definitely great hanging with you I'm so yeah, glad we got to do this in person Thanks. by the way yeah so I know <laughs> follow LP on social media yeah. check out the new record Churches it's out now it came out December 3rd um, this is a great hang by the way yeah. you're great thank and I'm you. excited Thanks, to see man. you what a voice incredible oh uh, thank you so, thank uh, you yeah I, like if I can remember how to sing anymore <laughs> and the date here at the Greek is what again uh, May 21st I believe May 21st, The Greek. We will all be at The Greek Theater in L.A. Thank you for coming on, by the way. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to Lips L.A. with Scott Lips. Well, that was fun. What a personality. L.P. The new record is called Churches. If you like the show, please make sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. Really appreciate it. I am on Cameo, so make sure you uh, look me up on Cameo. I'm available for bar mitzvahs, weddings, you name it. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in as always, and I'll see you soon. Over and out. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.